It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes! It's a Ferg Friday here on Locked On Auburn. I'm Zach Blackerby, joined by Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. My friend, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing well. I am doing well. I enjoyed your uh, your piece on Auburn's latest corner mm-hmm. that came out yesterday. Yeah, and uh, that one, um, if you're listening to it, that one's free. Um, I unlocked it for everybody to, to check out, so you don't have to be a subscriber to read it. Uh, AuburnObserver.com. Uh, check out the uh, piece on uh, what Auburn is getting in uh, West Virginia transfer cornerback uh, Dreshawn Miller. Why would he choose Auburn? Yeah, that's an interesting that's an interesting question because you know Auburn statistically had two of the better cornerbacks in you know major college football last and season. And there's I think there's quality depth there as well. Plenty of quality depth as well. They added a JUCO cornerback this offseason. So like it's a deep that cornerback room specifically. Like if you want to ask like who's gonna step up at safety, you know, with Jamie Sherwood gone and Jordan Peters gone. You know, you, the, the, those are really fair questions, but I think at cornerback you kind of knew what you were gonna you were getting and like Auburn didn't have an overwhelming need, but in from Auburn's perspective in the world of college football you can never have too many corners like sure. it, you want to have that kind of weaponize that um for Drajan Miller I think it's an opportunity to come closer to home he's an Atlanta guy um you know and and I think it's an opportunity for him to get kind of on a bigger radar playing SEC football um right before a lot of people think he's got a, he's got an NFL draft future because last season at West Virginia, he was one of the most productive cornerbacks in college football. Very much kind of like Nehemiah Pritchett uh, that we talked about, I think, last week or two weeks ago. Um, he's a, a very similar in the fact that he breaks up a ton of passes, uh, tackles guys pretty quick after after the catch, and uh, is just a pretty disruptive cornerback and fits in with what I think Auburn's going to want to do a lot with their corners. Who plays more snaps in 2021, Drayshon Miller or Nehemiah Pritchett? Man, I, I think you're kind of going to have to need three. And a kind of a rotation there. I wouldn't be surprised if it would be very, very similar. I'm interested to see what Drayshon Miller does because you know he's not arriving for spring ball. He'll be mm. he'll be here in the summer, so it'll be a time for you know, of course, Roger McCreary, but Nehemiah Pritchett also to kind of bulk up some of these other guys as well that, that we mentioned. Um, I'm curious to see where Miller goes because Miller is an outside corner. He did not play um hardly any kind of nickel uh, at West Virginia the same thing went for Pritchett and McCreary last year you do have to replace Christian Tut uh down the middle how are they going to do that how are they going to get those guys on the field like I said you can never have too many of those uh really good cornerbacks but there's only so many snaps to go around there's only so many uh so many depth chart spots to go around so I'm it is it is fascinating because um Pritchett played really really well last season and I think Miller uh, is another guy who, I mean, is, was right behind him in terms of a lot of those advanced stats. Sure. In 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 the NFL, when a team goes nickel, mm-hmm. they'll usually use their third corner yep. a lot of the times in the middle of the field. Or they'll have a specific slot corner that plays nickel. Auburn, and, and you see it a, a lot throughout college football, that nickel is more of a third safety than a third corner. And a dedicated guy, usually. Yeah, Sure. Do you think there's any chance that they go three corner and then like maybe you move Tennyson to that other safety spot next to Smoke? Yeah, you could. I mean, I'm 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 very curious to see how they all put it out because when you put a third corner on there, I mean, you've got three guys like I like I wrote in the story, 
statistically Auburn has three of the top 20 cornerbacks in college football coming back this year I mean that's wow it's just a just a fact um so how do you get all those guys on the field well a nickel package would be the the way to do it um it would be kind of different I mean Christian Tutt was one of those guys who kind of floated between but yeah before then you had a lot of dudes playing nickel at Auburn that were safeties I mean Rudy Ford was kind of the first of this little run that sure Auburn had with their defense so um that, that's curious because I know a lot of people are really high on, especially in the previous staff, are really high on Ladarius Tennyson. Um, I think he's a, I think he's a fantastic player. Um, but, yeah, do you, can you move him back to safety? You know, can you – who do you move down to nickel? Um, what does it look like when they go dime? Because they're probably going to have to go dime a good bit uh, moving forward. And, and that's where a guy like Jordan Peters is really was really helpful for Auburn over the last few years because if you just needed him to plug in somewhere, he could go do it. He was great at that. He was so good at it. And not not only that, he was one of the best special teams players Auburn's had in a, in a very long time. Sure. Um, so you got to find that next guy, I think, on top of that. So be very curious to see, you know, if, if we – if we believe that McCreary and Pritchett and Miller are your top three corners and probably three guys who could start, what does this mean for guys kind of a little bit later on down? Because I think there's some versatility in there. A guy like Zion Puckett last season. I forget about him all the time. Well, he got hurt early in the year, and he was supposed to be the guy at corner. Um, when he came back in, you know, it was the old Miss game. He was playing basically linebacker on a lot of those packages Sure, when they wanted to flood the field with as many – defensive backs as possible because of the way Ole Miss runs our offense so he's a guy that you already know can move around and do a lot of different things so um, even if these guys aren't quote-unquote starters it'd be interesting to see and I think that's just kind of how you play defense nowadays if they go be- go with that Kevin Steele kind of philosophy is like we don't have 11 starters we have about 17 or 18 and then just mix and match from there and I'm curious what that means for the secondary because there's a ton of talent back there yeah and it's going to be cool to see what the balance looks like but with corners I don't love seeing rotation. I, I like seeing the same guys. Yeah. And, and I think I think continuity on the back end is extremely important. And I don't think you're going to see Roger McCreary leave the field hardly at all. He, sh- he see, shouldn't. And you didn't see Pritchett leave the field too much last season either once he got that starting job and held on to it. Sure, right. And so I don't know if I necessarily want all of these guys to play. And Kevin still didn't rotate a lot of guys – on defense last year, especially the younger guys. Mm-hmm, yeah. And we don't know if that was a talent thing or or preparation. Right, because you know, weird offseason all that. We don't we don't know. Right. We, we probably never will, but it's going to be something to monitor for sure. Who do you think starts at safety next to Smoke? That's a great question. I mean, I, I, I Is honest, Chris Thompson Jr. a candidate here? I would think so. I would think so. I like him. I like his game a lot. He got on the field some last season. Yeah. He would be the one that, like, if you had to help, if you held a gun in my head and said, "All right, who's going to be the safety? You know, starting safety next year." Thompson's the first name that pops in my head. Okay, um, just because he's he's a talented guy who's gotten some experience. But like, again, you could move one of those corners back there and play. Like, uh, versatility is going to be key, especially in this defense. Which corner would be most likely to move to safety? Hmm, I would say. I would say Pritchett kind of works there as well, but okay. I mean it's but him and him or Miller. I mean, like I I don't know, man. Like I, I really I really don't know. Um, like I said earlier, you know, maybe a guy like Puckett just because he has moved around some, you can kind of kind of rely on him, you know, playing back there a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I think what you have right now is you have you know, in McCreary and Pritchett and um, and Miller, you've got three outstanding outside cornerbacks, and I wouldn't mess with that, but. I'm sure there's got to be a plan because they're going to want to go get those guys on the field. And just the athleticism that Auburn has on defense, like, it'd almost be interesting to see, like, 
you know, can a, can a linebacker scoot back there if, if need be? You know That's, what I mean? I mean, I, a lot of people think Owen, Owen Papo's future in the NFL is probably going to have to be some sort of safety or hybrid position. And, and I, I think that I, I agree, but I don't want Owen not playing linebacker because <laughs> you know he's I mean? also one of your best pass rushers. Yeah, right? he can do he can do everything, yeah. and so it's like. You know, is Steiner too big to scoot back there? Because all we heard was like, okay, he may be even more athletic than Owen, pa- Owen Papo. Yeah, so it's like, what do you do then? He's a freak, man. He's a freak. And that, that linebacker group, I mean, that's another position group where you're like, how are they going to fit everybody back there? And we don't know what outside linebacker slash defensive end, like what how they're going to utilize the edge rushers. We don't know what that's going to look like kind of on paper. But – I mean, even with just your traditional linebackers, you have Papo back. You have Zacoby McClain back. Right. You've got Chandler Wooten opting back in, which is big for Auburn. Um, TD Moultrie's back there now. You've got Cam Riley. You've got West, West Steiner. You've got uh, you know Des Tisdall still still a guy that um, a lot of people like. You brought in Joko Wells. Like, there's a lot of dudes back there, and it's a deep, deep spot, especially when you compare it to several other positions position groups on this roster. Yeah, and I like the edge rusher situation. My biggest concern on the defensive side of the football is interior D-line. Because you've been so good for so long there. And then it's like they ran out of gas. And last year, and, and a lot of people may disagree with me, but like I was not impressed with Tyron Truesdale last year. I think him coming back is going to be big, though, just to have that experience down there. You the need middle. it. You definitely yeah. would rather have him than not. But, you know, can he be, you know, especially like on a 3-4 front, can, can, yeah. he, can he hold – you know those middle gaps like that. It's a good like question. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, and, and not a lot of people can. It's nothing against them. It's just a hard job to do. And I think part of it was Truesdale kind of got into the, some of the some of the things that the whole defensive line had last year. Is that Truesdale looked really good as as a junior in nineteen because he was playing next to Derrick Brown a lot. And you know, I think Truesdale had a fine season last season. But it's just it, it's a little bit different when you don't have this like nuclear weapon next to you at, mm-hmm. at, at defensive tackle. So. Um, but having that experience back is going to be big, and I mean they've got to find they got to find guys that can step up there. And edge rusher is going to be fascinating because I think um, I think a guy like Dylan Brooks fits right into what what they're doing down the road. Can I give you a hot take right now? All right, Leota leads Auburn in sacks next year. I could see it. I okay. could de- I could definitely see it. You know, Derek Hall and and Colby Wooden are two guys that I'm I'm curious to see where they fit in in this type of defensive scheme. I I love Derek Hall's upside. I, I think Colby Wooden's a great great you know, uh, guy to getting getting into the backfield. Yeah. I wonder if he's kind of more of that, if you're in a 3-4-ish kind of thing, if he's more of like that traditional end spot is more instead the, of more the, of the – The 3-4-D end that's head up the tackle, and mm-hmm. then, you know, he kind of forces a weird mismatch Because he played everywhere edge. last year. Yeah. I mean, he was traditionally listed as a buck, but he could play his tackle as much as he, as he could anywhere else. And then Derek – I mean, Derek Hall, I, I think in a dedicated pass rushing role – Yes. Could blow up. But then you got a guy like Leota who um, kind of has some a little bit more experience, kind of playing these these malleable you know fronts from what they did at Northwestern because they had to because Northwestern is Northwestern. They're not going to simply out talent you. I've really talked myself into Colby Wooden and Dre Butler being able to really solidify that three four defensive end, and then in certain packages. You either have a Hall or Leota standing up outside of them. I've really talked myself into that. I, I, I like how that that you know lines up. You talk about defensive tackles. Um, you know, a healthy Jay Hardy. Where does he fit into the, into the picture? Mm-hmm. Zachevius Walker is another one of those dudes who has a kind of wooden like tendency that you can kind of move him around. Um, and then, I mean, you did bring in uh, one of the best defensive tackles. 
uh, in the country in Lee Hunter this the, this offseason, and he is an early enrollee, and a lot of people think he's the real deal. Be interested to see where where he finds a home. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, would, I would love that front with Lee Hunter in the interior. If you're talking about a third and twelve situation, have those guys up front, have Owen Papo in the middle of the field, and just have you know your DBs playing off ball a little bit. That's that's what I would want is from a you know from a front seven situation on third and long this year. And I think defensive line is very much kind of like wide receivers. You look at it and you like. Okay, there's depth here. There's talent. There's not a ton of experience. Uh, defensive line's got a little bit more, of course, than the wide receivers do. But like, you can see where the wide receiver pieces could all fit together. Um, yeah, it's just there's not a ton of experience there. Defensive line, I think, has got a little bit, especially when you compare it to how much linebacker and defensive back are bringing back. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. BetOnline.ag is the place that we trust to place all of our sports bets. Their lines are the best. It's the fastest. It's the easiest. And it's the place that uh, former intern Lance likes to place his bets on the Buffalo Bills. BetOnline.ag covers everything, even awards, TV shows, reality TV, constantly updating their odds and props. It's all on uh, anything that you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So go over to BetOnline.ag now. Use the promo code Locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. What's going on at the Observer these days, my friend? Yeah, I mean, we are uh, winding down basketball season, looking ahead to, to spring football, a lot of recruiting stuff. You know, we have the Drayshawn Miller breakdown that I, that I just said. Um, sure. It's free for everybody to check out. You can go to the website and find that. Uh, wrote one earlier in the week for subscribers about um, Dylan Brooks, kind of what he brings to that one. I mean, I love – Watching his film, I really love kind of what he what he is as a as a defensive lineman and edge rusher. Not a finished product, but the man plays with violent hands and is really fast. You'll watch his tape, and then uh, he'll go from like tackling somebody for a seven yard game, and then uh, oh, he catches a touchdown pass. Yeah, yeah. I watched him. So I covered a game when uh, Hanley came down and played Lynette, which yeah. was a really good one. A smaller school game. I mean, Hanley's four A now, but. Um, that was a fantastic. That game finished six to three in overtime. That was it was a it was a defensive slugfest, and he had some of the hardest hits I've ever seen really? a high schooler deliver. Like when he gets a kill shot, he is going for it. Where all did he line up? Do you remember? I'm sure he put his hand on the ground outside of a, a tackle. I'm sure he stood off ball. He stood off ball a good bit last yeah. season, and I think that was kind of in the preparation for him getting ready to play in college. I think you know when you go watch his junior season film, it was a lot of four three. You know, hand in the dirt, defensive, defensive end. Defensive end. Yeah. Senior year, you see him more playing off the ball. I think they were kind of getting him ready for, you know, going to Tennessee or going to a place like Alabama. Auburn was, you know, looking at him as a buck as well. So it was kind of doing some more stand up stuff. And then, yeah, he plays wide receiver and tight end. And uh, he's a, he, he was a load to catch over the middle of the field. I mean, when you run like a slant and get it to him, um, 
you know, as good as that Lynette defense was last season, and I mean they held them out of the end zone, but like, I mean those guys were those guys were having to having to run in and hit them as hard as humanly possible just to just to trip him up. He's a big dude, and like his first step yeah. is dynamic, very, very, and he's not a guy. You know, Jason Caldwell at Auburn Undercover, who's we've talked about this before because he covered that same game that I did, and he's watched him a lot more kind of in person than I have. He somehow watched every high school. Yes. He has out, seen everybody. Yeah, like every week he does it somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, he had he had a pretty good he had a pretty good little breakdown of um, kind of what he's seen out of Trayshawn Miller because he was an Atlanta kid and like he he, he there had been pass he'd crossed in the in the past before. But yeah, no. If, if you played high school football ever, Jason ever, Caldwell Jay, has watched yeah, you somehow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and something Jason has has said and we've talked about is like you know Dylan Brooks was not one of those guys who was super dominant. In high school, like where he was like, oh, he had five sacks today or something. Like that. Yeah. He made a lot of really good plays. It's just one of those things where he, I compared him in my story a lot to Seth Williams, in the oh. in the fact in the fact that when you look at Dylan Brooks, he's played offense, he's played defense, he's a really good basketball player, he does a lot of everything. When you get to focus in your development on one thing, you see these really athletic dudes take off. It was the thing with Seth. Seth Williams played four sports. At uh, Paul W. Bryant, mm-hmm. when he had, after that freshman season, we saw him as a sophomore. When he got to really, really focus on, hey, I'm a wide receiver. This is what it takes to be a wide receiver. You know, it, it blows up, and that's why these the, these teams love to get these super athletic guys who have played a lot of different positions or a lot of different positions, a lot of different sports. Because if you're already that good and you haven't really focused all your time on it yet, man, yeah. there's no telling what it's going to look like when you get to focus in on it. And I think Dylan Brooks is going to be like, so if he comes in, he might not light the world on fire as a freshman, even though he is the most ta- you know most talented on paper player Auburn picked up in this 2021 class. But I think down the road he could be a really dominant player. Did you see Seth Williams' Instagram post yesterday? I did not. That guy's yoked. He's, I, I, He is one of those guys that I am, I'm fascinated to see where he goes in the draft because – I think he's going to have he's got a little bit more a better of a track record than but he's got some of that Darius Slayton doing where it's like guys if y'all will put him in a, in a, in, a, in an NFL offense and just let him go to work he could be a big time steal. And so like he's probably not going on day 1 or day 2. Yeah. He might sneak into the third round there but like Somebody's gonna get him early day three, I think, and just and just turn him into a monster. Yeah, I mean, I had Christian Page with Cover One dot net on the show earlier this week. I I asked him to predict a round for Auburn three receivers, and for Seth, he said four. So yeah, he's 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 agreeing with you. Makes and a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I think so. Skill set obviously a little different than than Darius. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. He doesn't have that speed. I don't think he actually might. I don't think we know because he never really had the ball like in open space because Auburn couldn't get him open. Yeah, and he was the first true kind of all-around number one receiver Auburn had had since Duke Williams. Mm-hmm. And like again, look at all the stuff that had happened to Duke on and off the field in his career, and he's you know got opportunities to play it play in the NFL. I think guys like that are always going to find a home because you can find fast receivers in college football they're a dime a dozen um but those guys who can truly take one-on-one matchups and go win them those guys have those guys have homes in in professional football um you know more often than not it's still interesting to look back and see how Auburn used Duke Williams yeah because they put him at big slot a ton and we'd run a slant and Nick Marshall would hit him and it's like okay cool easy six yards why don't you do that more kind of thing but 
You haven't seen them use their number one receiver like that. And I guess you could make the argument that Ryan Davis was their number one receiver. Yeah. Just based off of volume. But mm-hmm. as far as like role and you know, and ability, like they haven't really used a guy like that since no. then. No, and that's what that's what makes this upcoming group and this new offense really, really fascinating. You look at Mike Bobo's track record, uh, in his previous stops, he's had you know, look at what he did with AJ Green. Look at what he did with um, he was good. Yeah, AJ yeah. Green was pretty good. He, yeah, he turned out all right. Uh, you know, he had he had Michael Gallup at Colorado State. He had Hollywood Higgins at at uh, at Colorado State as well. He had these guys that were number one targets and just kind of turned them loose. Um, Boise State not as much with your with your big number one guys because their whole thing was like let's let's give it to everyone. Um, right. Let's give it to nine tight ends uh, if we can. So. Uh, Auburn has nine tight ends, so that they have work. nine tight ends now. So, uh, but this group of receivers, Auburn, I think one of the more underrated things about this transition is is that Auburn's offensive staff is inheriting a wide receiver group that is inexperienced, but I like their talent. Mm-hmm. They they got better. Like Cody Burns did work recruiting these last few years and getting guys at Auburn. And and you look at, I mean, Auburn's got three or four guys on their roster right now at wide receiver who. Their their thing their their thing is tall and fast, and for so long you either got just tall or you got just fast. Mm-hmm. There's a plenty of guys who kind of fit in fit in both, um, which I think is where you know everybody wants those kind of receivers nowadays. Yeah, and I think Auburn's got two of them for sure with with Capers and and Canyon mm-hmm. for sure. And so, I mean, those guys don't look like they should be able to move the way they do, and they're doing it. Yeah. Canyon is especially one of those guys because he's got that you – know, he's a South Florida guy. Yeah. And he came from the same program that Sean Chivers had. And those dudes can fly. Like, right. they're just really, really fast. And you just look at them and you're like, oh, you're not supposed to be that fast at that, at that height. Mm-hmm. I think you saw some of that in the Northwestern game. Um, it's the first time he really had a chance to do it. And yeah. he took advantage of it. Because there's so many guys ahead of him. Well, now that ain't going to be an issue anymore. He's got a chance to be part of that big three receiving core next year. I think he and Capers and – and I guess Kobe Hudson mm-hmm. are, are, are the favorite, and what a natural wide receiver he is. One of the things I'm I'm curious about with Auburn and the portal moving forward is I think you know, Brandon Marcello at two four seven said this the other day. He tweeted this the other day. He's like, you know, Auburn's doing a really good job. In the, in national the writer Brandon Marcello, yes sir. Yeah, uh, he said you know Brian Harson's doing a good job in the portal right now. He's done really good work post signing day recruiting. He made the point and said if Auburn could get like a game breaker type of receiver, an experienced guy. You know that would be really, really interesting to see. I, and I and I've said the same thing. They've got depth. It's kind of like the cornerback thing with Jason Miller. You've got depth. You've got talent. You can always add somebody else. And they don't have a ton of experience with wide receiver. They could find somebody that can be a game breaker and a game changer t- type of talent at wide receiver and kind of lead this group. I think you're in a good spot uh, with your wide receivers moving forward. But like. You can't you can't just invent one of those people. Like they have to be out there. And, and to my knowledge, the biggest wide receiver who, who's who's transferred this offseason and he did it early was was Charleston Rambo, who went mm-hmm. from Oklahoma to Miami. Right. There haven't been a ton of those guys in the portal yet, but maybe somebody pops up. I think you're going to see a lot of dudes after spring practice uh, hit the portal um, because of because of new staffs and and oh, this is where I am in the this is where I am in the depth chart, or oh, this is what this team's going to look like. Maybe I need right. to go somewhere else. Yeah. The Stay on the topic of wide receivers. Earlier this week, we were listing our, our top five leaders for this team. I had Chedrick Jackson at three. Mm. And a lot of people thought that was interesting because he doesn't play and he's probably not in the starting rotation and all that. He but had more snaps last season than Eli Stove did. 
Did he really? Yep. Are you okay with me putting him at three? Hmm? Oh yeah, you, for sure. You think yeah. he's okay being that high? Yeah, he's he's an experienced he's an experienced guy. He had guy. more snaps last year than Stove. They did? put they put him out there a lot. Wild. And he just didn't like he had. It's the thing that's been about him for his career. It's like oh he blocks well, <laughs> and like he had a, he had a little bit of injury, but yeah he had more snaps last season than that, than he last Stove. How about that? Yeah, every time I talk to a former Auburn receiver that played with Shed, mm-hmm. they like they find a way to bring him up. Oh yeah, and I think that says something. Well, he's one of those guys that. He leads by example really well. He's not, from what we've heard, he's not like one of the most vocal guys. He's not like you know, he's not yelling, jumping around, yelling kind of, kind of, kind of later. But right. like, he'll show those young guys, hey, you got to block, you got to do the dirty work, you mm-hmm. got to do the stuff that that matters. You know, when you're not getting the ball, and that's been a lot of his career to this point. But I mean, one of the things that stood out, and he's had injuries that have kind of kept him from, I think, hitting his full potential yet, but. This dude, this dude played at Hoover. Like he is a smooth. Like when he was a freshman, you watched the plays. Like, oh, that is a smooth kind of you know natural talent at wide receiver. We'll see how we'll see how much uh, you know that 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 means moving forward because, um, I mean he's got the he's got a ton of experience and he can he can play anywhere. I mean they've put him on the outside and the inside pretty much back and forth through the first couple of years of his career. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Final few minutes here on today's show uh, on this Ferg Friday with Justin Ferguson, auburnobserver.com. The, all right, there's a narrative that has formed, and it's come up a few times in the last two weeks on, on this show. And it started with Barrett Sali hopping on the drive on ESPN 1067. I had the, the host of Locked On SEC on the show yesterday, Chris Gordy. And there, there's a growing conversation here, and, and I'm not buying into it, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. But there's this growing belief that Bo Nix will not be the starting quarterback for Auburn next year. That's news to me, honestly. I mean... I can see where it comes from, but it's got to happen, right? Like, I just, I just don't see a path to that happening. And saying that, you know, all right, you got a, a, an incoming stud from Houston, like D. Davis is ready to go, and it's like, I have all the respect in the world for D. Davis, but like, I don't think he is ready to go. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, but I, I, I do know this: you've got a dude who started two years in the SEC at quarterback, and it's going to be hard to knock him off that, off that spot. Yeah, and I know he has not played super, super well. Is like throwing the ball the last time. Now he's made some, he's made some big plays, and he's he's won some big games for sure. Auburn. Yeah, um, but yeah, like that, you you better be really, really sure what you're doing if if you, if you pull him off that line. And and the other thing is is that people are convinced. And I don't buy into it. People are convinced that Bo Nix, what he is right now, is what he is. Just 
He's, he can't get better. And I don't buy that for a second. Right. Because there's a track record of Auburn quarterbacks that it's like when they become upperclassmen, they get in that third and fourth year, they take off. Like, I think Jason Campbell is a perfect example of this where wasn't as great as first first couple of, couple of years. Different coaches, different philosophies. He turns it loose later in his career and ends up being a first-round pick. Another guy who was a former five-star. Mm-hmm. Guys can get better as they develop, as they go on, and I think development's going to be key for Bo. And one of the things we're not talking about enough with Bo Nix is that he is a staff now. I mean, nothing nothing against Gus Malzahn and Chad Morris. You'll never hear me say a, a bad word about sure. those guys. But those guys were not the quarterback developers that Brian Harson and Mike Bobo have been in their careers. These are guys who played the position at college yes. that the – They've gotten to where they are. The majority of their careers have been coaching and training quarterbacks in, in one way or another. Like the, the majority of their college careers have been involved doing that. You didn't get that. Gus Malzahn, that's not his background. Chad Morris, to a degree, that was his background, but not as much as you know guys like Bobo Bo, Bo and Harson. What does Bo Nix look like when he's got two guys that are really, really hyper-focused on, on quarterback development helping train him? I don't know, man. Like I, I think he can get better. I think he can get better. I I'm curious. My big question with Bonex is what does what does this system look like with him running a quarterback? We've mm-hmm. seen Harson in the past use different types of quarterbacks in different ways. What is Bonex good at? How do they build around that? And how does that transition go? Because for the last two years, he has been trying to play a similar kind of offense, and it's not too far off from what he did in high school either. This is a different beast. Like, you know, taking snaps under center. Like, how many times has what he had does to that do that? Look like? Yeah, how many times has he had to do that? You know, in his career, other yeah. than trying to spike it, um, right? There's not keyword trying to spike yeah, it exactly. Yeah. Nice. Like there's 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 not a whole lot of experience with that, and and but I don't think he's a finished product. I don't think he's a finished product at all. We've seen college quarterbacks take big jumps from one year to the next. Now, some people thought it was going to be last year. Maybe it's not. And it usually is freshman year to sophomore year. That usually is your biggest jump. But but it was the weirdest sophomore year you could have. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. No offseason. So. Really, really no offseason. Justin, good stuff as always, man. Give us, uh, give us a lowdown on how folks can sign up at AuburnObserver.com. Yeah, AuburnObserver.com. $6 a month or $60 a year. Get you access to everything we got. Like I said, Drayshon Miller story is free if you want to check that out. Uh, we got a podcast over the weekends um, that, that's free. Just search Auburn Observer wherever you're listening to your podcast. Uh, if you subscribe, you get all the stories sent to your email inbox and a premium podcast episode we do once a week and uh, if you're listening to this on friday there is a mailbag out so if you want to check that out on friday you can do that at auburnobserver.com awesome that is justin ferguson thank you so much for joining us as you do every friday means yes, a sir. ton you can follow me on twitter at z blacker we follow show on twitter at locked on auburn and on instagram at auburn podcast we will recap the weekend on monday right here on locked on auburn The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.